Hope you enjoy that conversation with Andrew and Tom. I always enjoy hanging out with both of them, as you can imagine, based upon what you've just heard. They are both very passionate and interesting men. They certainly have a lot of experience and ideas, information to share, and they are very, very knowledgeable in this particular area and have no problem and indeed love sharing their ideas with anyone who wants to listen to them. My own experience is that burnout can be quite pervasive, not just from a physical sense, but it can certainly impact many aspects of your life. And as I said up front, I came across their paper, I think it was late 2020 actually, and applied lots of the ideas in it from my own well-being to a very positive impact. So hopefully there's some ideas there for you that you can take away. Which leads me to my first reflection. For anyone interested in this topic or indeed has colleagues or friends that you think might be interested in this topic, my first suggestion is to go to strivestronger.com and download that white paper. It's full of ideas, full of anecdotes, full of research, and it's a great place to start. The second idea that jumped out at me, and indeed this is really interesting given the time that we're in, in terms of 2020-21 and how much the world has been disrupted on so many levels because of the pandemic, but indeed the resulting disruptions that have emerged because of that. One of them is this idea of life's infrastructures. And I really appreciated Andrew talking through the natural rhythms of our lives. I think we often underestimate how much structure we actually have in our lives without realizing we've done so. You know, the environment that we're in, the habitats that we've created give us structure and they enable lots of other things. They give us moorings is the word we use in the conversation. You know, pre-pandemic, many of us had consciously developed habits that we wanted to develop that helped us as leaders. You know, when we went to the office, when we went to see clients, when we ate, when we exercised, when we reflected, etc. Some of those habits were anchored around physical structures, such as in my own case, I use my flights on airplanes because I usually spent at least one international flight every third week. So I use that time to read books. So there was an anchoring of learning and reflection anchored to a physical setting of an airplane seat. For other ones, reflecting in particular coffee shops, as example, or going to the gym class on a Monday, Wednesday or Friday morning before work. We created those structures to give us habits to enable us to be as successful as we could be. When our ability to anchor things to physical structures is disrupted, the natural rhythm of our life becomes disrupted. COVID kilos anyone. So hearing Andrew talking through the idea of life's rhythms and how they can be disrupted allows us to at least A, understand we naturally create rhythms around structure and around physical structure as well as our time structure. When that is all disrupted, sometimes those habits just go out the window and we don't quite realize it. It means that we can have a choice. I mean, one thing that I have appreciated more and more is that pre-COVID was not necessarily nirvana, even though we often talk about going back to normal. There are aspects of our life that were not good. And I think what we now have as the whole world is emerging out of or close to emerging out of the pandemic is choices to recreate old habits that we had lost and choices to create new habits that are more useful than the ones we used to have. So if you are... Going back to the office or indeed looking to create a hybrid structure or indeed work from home permanently, how do you create a habit that allow you to listen, to learn, to reflect, to exercise your body, to try new things, whatever it is that's important for you from a leadership point of view? How do you build on the life structures to allow you to create the habits that will help you and sustain you? 
When we discussed the five factors, I found them all interesting, but one jumped really out at me in terms of this podcast, and we've heard this on this podcast a few times, and that is the idea of purpose alignment. And whilst the idea of having my own sense of why, what's important for me, is not a new idea in any stretch of the imagination, what Andrew pointed out is the idea of cognitive reserve. And the ability to have cognitive reserve is often linked to having a very clear sense of purpose. And I find that idea very interesting, very helpful. Over the last two years on this podcast, and I'm sure in many others, we've heard from leaders about their sense of mental fatigue and all the decisions they have to make in support of others, their teams, their businesses, and indeed leaders who are homeschooling in supporting of their children education whilst they're also leading their organizations in their full-time capacity as a leader working from home. Mental fatigue can come from many angles. Having 10 hours or video meetings every day is clearly one. Homeschooling is clearly another. Lack of breaking monotony, eyes in the same building, the same place every day, etc. But I think what Andrew pointed to, and I've certainly seen, is sometimes mental fatigue or a lack of cognitive reserve comes from a lack of clarity in terms of where am I focusing on and why am I doing that? I have seen many leaders thrive in the last two years, even during the crisis. They have used that to really sharpen their focus on what is it I want to be doing? Why do I want to be doing this in the short and medium term, if not the long term? So taking time to reassess why you do what you do, why you do it in the short and medium term, I think is a very useful process at any time of life. But from a burnout perspective, it does allow you capacity to recognize what am I saying no to? What am I saying yes to? And how do I develop that sense of cognitive reserve to use when I need to use it? The third idea I want to talk about here is the idea of transition times. Again, we've discussed rituals in many different ways over the last two years on this podcast, so that's not a new idea. But what Tom and Andrew pointed to is because of the change in our structures in terms of the way we used to live, and as we are re-emerging, we have the opportunity to recreate or create ideas that will serve us. One of those is the rituals of transitioning from work to non-work particularly if we are increasingly going to be working from home or in a hybrid structure as we navigate that. Having spoken to many leaders about this in different ways over the last 18 months, some simple ideas has emerged as being the most useful, i.e. going for a walk at nighttime in between I'm finishing my work before I start my family or before I start my meal or cooking or whatever. A very simple but a very obvious one. For some people, it's actually exercising during the day to break up different parts of their work obligations and different types of their meetings. Taking time to laugh. We mentioned this in the, in the podcast, but folks who actively put in and know a time to laugh by looking at videos or engaging with colleagues in a conversation that, that allows that to happen is a really useful transition time and, and a, an energizing time for folks. So whatever it is for you that allows you to transition from one aspect of your life to the other aspect of your life, particularly if you are working from home, is a very useful active process to put into place. second last thing I want to mention here is sleep deprivation. This is something I know a lot about, something I have grappled with over the years, particularly as I was doing a lot of international travel. And when I came across this paper, 
as I mentioned before, this is one of the ideas that jumped out at me and I used very successfully and has really helped in the last 18 months. Anybody who's a new parent will have absolute in-depth understanding of sleep deprivation and how pervasive and indeed insidious it can be. So Andrew walked through lots of different ideas as to how to help you get to sleep and how to help you stay to sleep. There is no right or wrong way of doing this. I practiced a few of those and I found three or four that worked for me. I'd encourage you if this is something that you find is an issue for you, then certainly go back and listen to Andrew on that aspect and put in some ideas there. You will not regret it. The last idea that jumped out at me and I want to comment on is social connectedness. I think this is a really important aspect of life, full stop. For many of us who really index in our work, and work is a very important part of our life, we sometimes overlook social connectedness outside of work. And indeed, I hear many leaders regret that they drop friendships as they become busier and more senior in their executive careers, and only later do they regret that. So I believe social connectedness is really important as a human being. I also believe it really nourishes leaders outside of work. In my own life, and I mentioned this very briefly before, I do have a music club. We, we have had it for 10 years. The idea was to go to one gig a month with a group of people and to then be invited, because it's a range of different people, be invited to gigs that you wouldn't normally go to which kept our collective interest in music alive and well. When COVID kicked in and venues closed down, initially we stopped the music club. And then one of the guys had a bright idea, which was, let's have a video call on a Saturday night and we all bring our top three favorite songs. That has kept going for a year, every third Saturday night, and has merged from just a music club into a social gathering of people who use music. We actually tell stories about those songs that we're choosing to bring to that particular meeting. And it has become one of the most important conversations I've been involved with the last 12 months. I've really enjoyed it more than almost anything else. And the social connectedness has remained alive and well, and indeed technology enabled it to go far further than we would ever have imagined. So whatever is important for you, I would encourage you that social connectedness brings joy. It's a nourishing, it's an enabler, it's soulful. And so make time for it. It helps you as a human being. It also flourishes you as a leader. Nothing wrong with that. Hope you enjoyed that Reflections. Thank you for listening to the episode and the reflections of my latest guest. If you want to get resources, go over to leadershipdiet.com. You'll find white papers, articles, and little mini videos of each episode. If you're on YouTube, look up Pod O'Sullivan. You'll find a whole lot of videos from all of our podcasts. And indeed, Facebook, there's a Leadership Diet page on Facebook if you want that. Every week, we are writing an article based on the episode that we've just recorded. Gives you my ideas, some ideas from the guests and hopefully a few useful resources so you'll find all that there on theleadershipdiet.com and of course the best way you can help this podcast is to leave a review on apple podcasts and share this with your friends